Questions than answers, like just how hairy was the guy that invented a shampoo called Head and Shoulders. Hi, America. <laughs> My name is Adrian Lee, and I am your host. Welcome to the show, More Questions Than Answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre and just plain weird. If you've just tuned in, especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests, somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains. With the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your lights and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting or for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show. So let me introduce my guests. Firstly... The mysterious and evanescent Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and DVP experts with the International Paranormal Society, and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather wondered this week if jellyfish are sad because there are no peanut butterfish. Welcome to the show, Heather. Uh, hello. I also wish to introduce the man <laughs> crazy, Michelle Corey. Michelle has a keen and avid interest in all things paranormal. She was born and raised in Moira, Minnesota. Michelle often confuses reptiles and amphibians. And if she's brutally honest, they pretty much never know what she's talking about. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you. We are on Season 2, Episode 105. The number 105 loves marine biology and speaks fluent newt. That should be a dating profile, shouldn't it? What? Loves, newt? Loves jellyfish and frog spawn. Fish supper guaranteed for lucky girl. I think that's uh, a winner right there. 
We'll get 105 a date before the end of the show. <laughs> 105 is a popular radio station in Switzerland. The Swiss Army must have been pretty confident of their chances of victory if they included a corkscrew on their knife. Different, True. of course, for the French Army cheese knife, which wasn't so popular. <laughs> 105 is the number identifier for quality control of Japanese bicycle parts. What? Huh? It's, it's been a long week of research. This was always going to happen, that wasn't it? That took you a week. The number yes. 105. Yes. It is an identifier. If you find the number 105 on your bicycle, that's gone through a quality control system in Japan. I just thought I'd share that with that's you. That's nice. The Japanese police patrol on bicycles. Okay, I'm arresting you. Get in the basket. <laughs> I really love my bicycle. Still in Asia, paper making was refined by the Chinese eunuch Carl Lun, who received praise from the Chinese emperor in 105 AD. Two weeks later, the world saw the first junk mail. I wanted to think of a paper joke, but they all turned out terrible. Now, each week. We love reading out your I messages. It's terrible. Yes, you don't need to tear out your, your stories, Michelle. <laughs> We're all on the same page. Now, each week, we love reading out the mailbag. We love your messages of support. Mm -hmm. All love of it. your fun comments. We love to read this out. Jonas in California posted, After listening to tonight's episode, I got a mental image of Adrian as the doctor with his companions, Heather and Michelle. Yay! I like that. I liked it too. I'm sorry for all of the Doctor Who references in the show, but I'm more sorry that you don't get them. Michael in New Jersey said, will you and the girls ever have a video podcast? That could happen. That could ha If you listen to the show, we may have a bit of news there for you a bit later on. He says, I'm listening to all of your shows on TuneIn Radio at night. They seem to be getting better and better. Thank you Yay, and the girls awesome. Thank you. for everything. Fran posted listening now. I love your show. Who else could combine hilarity and the supernatural? Who else? Well, lots of people could combine it. They just don't do it <laughs> well. as well. <laughs> Robin says, sorry I cost the ladies points for making them agree with me, saying I imagined Adrian might look like a nerd. Oh, I could take the comment back if they can get their points back. Oh, thanks, Robin. No, what is done is done. There's always consequences to your actions. Oh. This is what you've got to learn. And finally, Jerry posted, love your sense of humour. You and the girls always get me laughing out loud. Now, if you wish to write comments, we will read them out. If you go to our Facebook site, more questions than answers... With Adrian Lee, we have five and a half thousand followers on there. All of the stories, all of the news, the jokes, the conversations, all of the messages backwards and forwards. We've got quite the family on there. Mm -hmm. It's always fun and informative. Always makes me f smile. All of the amazing things that are on there. Yes. yes. Makes me very happy. So that's more questions and answers with Adrian Lee on Facebook. You can go to Twitter as well. We have 93 thousand followers on twitter if you go to adrian underscore lee underscore tips that's t-i-p-s we have archives we have four years worth of archives you can listen Lots. to them mm -hmm. for free anywhere you want and as many as you want anytime you like you that's can hear right. my dulcet tones 
Miss Morrissey's soft, velvet, Minnesotan accent, <laughs> and the snorting of Michelle Corey. <laughs> if you go to SoundCloud and search for MQTA Radio, everything is there for you. And remember, we do an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show that we can't read out on air. We carry on after nine o'clock tonight doing an extra bit for you, full of innuendo, mm-hmm. laden with the stories of the week we can't read out yeah. on air. The things you would not want your mother to be listening to, but that's there on our archives as well. And if you're listening on SoundCloud, there's a little orange love heart. Why don't you give us a little press of that love heart and show your appreciation for what we do? You can find us also on iTunes, Stitcher and TuneIn. You can leave reviews on there for us as well. And remember, if you wish to catch the show first, you can go to Dark Matter Digital Network. Dot com. We're on at 8 p.m. Central Time every Friday. Come rain, shine, snow, sleet, fog, or lightning strikes. 100,000 mm. listeners in 190 countries all over the world. I think next week we'll read out the top 10 countries for this week. Sure. Because I always like doing that. Yeah. Just to show the places around the world that are appreciating what we're doing. And don't forget, I have a book out at the moment called Mysterious Midwest. Unwrapping urban legends and ghostly tales from the dead. If you like ghost stories, if you like ghost hunting and all the photographs of ghosts and the proper empirical evidence, plus urban legends, that's all there for you as well. And the forward to that book has been written by Grammy award-winning rock star David Ellison of Megadeth. Now, today, we need to celebrate. It is National Chocolate-Covered Raisin Day. (laughs) I I have none with me, but it is (laughs) National Chocolate Covered Raisin Day, so we shall celebrate. We're going to do the first ever MQTA Chocolate Quiz. These are actually areas Mm. now we're working in that you should know something about. Oh, boy. You've spent a whole lifetime... Eating it. Practicing for this moment. (laughs) (laughs) Copious amounts of chocolate. (laughs) Training. Now's your chance. Don't ruin it. Americans consume more chocolate than any other nation on the planet. But what is True. that perception? <laughs> I win. You can't agree with my statements and then say you're winning. You haven't actually answered anything. You're just agreeing with what I said. What percentage is eaten by Americans? They eat more chocolate than any other country on the planet. But what is that percentage compared to every other country? Closest um, one wins, Miss Morris. You're going to go with 57. 23. Miss Morris has won her first points of the evening. It is 50%. Wow. Nice. Good one, Heather. 40% is Europe. And the other 10% have probably never seen chocolate before and have no clue oh. what it is. So we're not far behind you there in terms of consumption. Where is German chocolate cake from? Should be fairly easy. Miss Morris. German chocolate cake. Is yes, that's correct. No, you're not gonna read it out again and get points. Maryland. Can you be more specific? Is nope. there a street you've got in mind or some sort of neighborhood? You're basing this on cookies, aren't you? Yes. Yes, you are. You should have done more revision. You need to listen at school is what needs to take place. Michelle, where's German chocolate cake from? Oh, the faces. There's there's actual sweat running down her forehead. Look. I'm thinking um, Austria. You're going with Austria. 
Miss Morris has won the points again. Yep. In the mid-19th century, an American called Sam German came <gasps> up with a recipe using dark baking chocolate bars. Sweet! You have got more points, nice. Miss Morris, as much I love as it, it pains me. It's in the same way that French fries have got nothing to do with the French. It was named after the the person, I believe, that cut vegetables very, very thin indeed. You can actually die of chocolate poisoning. There is enough theobromine to be fatal. Hmm. But how many pounds would you need to eat in one sitting to die from chocolate poisoning? 25. You're going to go with 25. You've tried this, haven't you? <laughs> You're sat tell. there. All your mascaras Glazed running. over. Playing Pouring. all by mm-hmm. myself. Oh, Don't want to be yeah. all <laughs> by myself. 40 pounds. 40 pounds. Miss Morris is on fire. Nice, Heather. It is actually, if I can track it down, 22 Pounds. What did you say? 25. I was only... darn close. Yeah, you're cheating. Yeah. It worries me somewhat that we've been doing this for four years. You've never answered a single question right. And so far we're 3-0. <laughs> and oh. So it makes me wonder why my notes weren't in the same place when I came back into the studio after I went to squeeze the lemon. There will be an inquiry and there will be cameras set up. But yes, An inquest. An inquest. <laughs> chocolate, Spanish Inquisition. Chocolate cake. Well, no one expects that. <laughs> chocolate gate I should give you more points somehow you've managed to score three unprecedented Yay. there'll be a lunar eclipse somewhere in the world by the way death by chocolate reminds me of the amoebic dysentery incident in India I just thought I'd share that with you wow. on average a chocolate bar contains how many individual insect parts nearest wins just one bar just one small Little bar, not doing anyone any harm. There will be up to five individual insect parts. Michelle, what do you think? 17. It's eight. (laughs) 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 Right, that is it. I want fingerprints tested. No, no high five. You're cheating the both of you. Never. Unbelievable. I've, I'm going to lock up my paperwork <laughs> next week. Something fishy's taking place. Something's amiss. Amiss. In the town of Illyria, I tell you. This mm. is very strange. Anything more than 60 insect parts per 100 grams of chocolate is rejected by the FDA, which is good news, isn't it? Yes. That seems I guess. ridiculous. While we're on the subject, seeing today's National Chocolate Covered Raisin Day, on Monday it is... National Makeup Your Own Holiday Day. So we are going to introduce more questions and answers day. I like it. It's going to be on Monday. If our listeners are feeling creative, if our listeners are of a bent that they wish to do something graphical for us, we could have a little competition. You have the weekend to put this together, maybe a little bit of time on Monday as well. I would like to see, for those that listen to the show and often post amazing graphics and amazing photoshopping mm-hmm. i'd like to see something along the lines of national more questions than answers day some sort of poster something we can put on all of our twitter something we'll share if you put that together we'll read your names out and we will share that all over social media Ninety-three thousand followers on twitter all over the world 190 countries we will push that and i might even change the banner 
or more questions than answers for the one that we think is the best, if you're willing to embrace the idea. But I like that. I love it. National mm -hmm. More Questions and Answers Day on Monday. Mm -hmm. We had quite the weekend, didn't we? We did. <sighs> Iowa. That's a slippery Iowa. fish. O'Brien, Iowa. <laughs> Again, I've spoken about this on the show. You look at a map of Iowa, two inches to Des Moines, half an hour, right? Mm -hmm. Six no. hours in, I'm pushing a rusty nail into the palm of my hand to stay conscious. But we arrived. We made it. That is a boring stretch of road. Oh, yes. The yes. Worst. The electric poles break up the landscape. We went to the Granger House. This was Friday night. Mm -hmm. The Granger House in Marion, Iowa. It's a non-profit organization. Fabulous Victorian building. All the original furniture full of wonderful artifacts. William Morris wallpaper. All oh, of the drapes. I love it. All of the dark wood. There's a carriage house there as well. It's the Granger House in Marion. I would absolutely get there again. If you have the chance to go, I would recommend that highly if you're mm -hmm. interested in social history. Very, very haunted building. Mm -hmm. I did a talk. We packed the place out. Yes. Every single cent of money that we raised went to the non-profit organization. It is the Granger House. Mm -hmm. Sold a lot of books, made a lot of people happy, spoke about the history of Iowa, the history of hauntings yes. in that area. Sarah from SEE, Sea Paranormal, also did a talk. Her mm -hmm. team's investigated that building. One thing struck me, and I'll come to you in a minute, Miss Morris, about your story. At the end of that talk, when everyone had left, I thought to myself, if you have that many people packing out a house, that's going to leave energy. When everyone leaves, there's going to be a residual energy built up in that room, in that building, just by having so many people traversing their locomotion of all these people coming to that talk in this building. And if you're interested, if you go to my Facebook site, I have photographs of this event. You'll see me standing at the front. And some people are actually awake, which is remarkable. Mm -hmm. So I decided to go upstairs to where the bedrooms were. I'm doing my psychic thing and I'm telling the uh, people that run the board that very kindly, the non-profit organization, they donate their time. The board members came with me and I went upstairs. I went into one of the rooms that was an attic room with a sloping ceiling. And I said, this is very strange. I said, I've got a spirit talking to me at the moment. And they were interested. They were hanging on my very word. And I said, it's a very odd thing to say, but someone's telling me that they wrote their name on the wall. And of course, the whole room has been redecorated and redone. So I'm wondering if they've left a space where they've repapered it, but they've left a square where someone wrote their name on the plaster. Yeah. That's where I'm going in this, because this gentleman said to me his name was Arthur as well in spirit. And there was a sudden intake of breath. Everyone in the room suddenly went, <gasps> and the lady took me to the window. And back in the day, the little boy that used to live in the house, his name was Arthur. Oh. And he had spoken to me and given me his name. He'd got his mother's diamond wedding ring and he'd scratched his name into the glass with his mother's <gasps> diamond oh my ring. Goodness. And she showed me his name and no one knew about that. I didn't know about that. Obviously, the people that worked there had an understanding of that. At that moment, a lot of non-believers that were almost tolerating me suddenly became believers and were hanging on my every word. It was a fabulous moment. It makes me nice, very happy. Nice. If you're psychic or have some sensitivities, don't have a filter. Don't have fear. Just throw it out there. 
a lot of stuff goes by you and you think to yourself, I wish I would have said that. I wish I would have verbalized that. Right. At my age now, the things I've done in my life, what's the worst thing that could have happened if those two people I've never met before suddenly turn around and said, I have no idea what you're talking about? It makes no odds to me. I've got to a point in my life where I don't mind looking like an idiot anymore. <laughs> We're doing it anymore. every Friday for an hour. <laughs> anymore. Anymore. <laughs> What was your highlight, Miss Morris? Talk to me about the Granger house in Marion. Well, you did pack it out. And in fact, um, I had to sit on the floor in another room because it was so full. Wow. Yes, several of my team members were frequenting other rooms at the time. Where yeah. the cookies were, strangely enough, and the tea oh, and coffee, I right? I don't have any idea what no, you're talking about. <laughs> but the first answer of the evening was Maryland. Yes. Okay, just checking. <laughs> so uh, as I was sitting there, I heard... A knock at the door as I was paying attention very studiously. <gasps> Are you to, there? Are you there, to, Uncle Arthur? Uh, Adrian's Two knocks. talk. Yeah. And it was a really loud, obnoxious knock. And I thought, who is interrupting his talk? I go yeah. to the door, feeling uncomfortable because I'm not actually part of the Granger house. I go to the door and I open the door to this impeccably black dressed young gentleman with eyeliner, lipstick, and fabulous makeup i he should have his own youtube channel i thought it was depeche mode from uh, 1986 if you can imagine <laughs> such a thing and he wanted to know what's going on here just can't get enough i just can't get we enough. had been doing we you had been doing the presentation for a, probably going on about a half hour yeah and i barely was, got started <laughs> <laughs> that was just the intro yeah <laughs> and so he wanted to know what was going on and i told him that uh well, there's a presentation here. And so they wanted to know if they could go in the back and see if they could conjure up something because they had heard that there were ghosts in the house. And then they said, who's doing the presentation? And I said, well, it's Adrian Lee. And his face got shocked. And he said, the Adrian Lee? Nice. There you yes. made it big. When, when you've made it in Marion, <laughs> Iowa. Apparently, I'm very large amongst the Depeche Mode community. Yes. That's what I've learned. At that point, um, one of the Granger House employees came over and then kindly escorted them outside. So, My own personal. personal. Jesus. There we go. <laughs> now, on the Sunday... We went to the Wheating Theatre in Toledo, yes. in Iowa. Mm -hmm. This is a chapter that's in my current book, Mysterious Midwest, a very haunted building from 1912, fully restored, looks amazing, resplendent sage greens and dark reds, lots of Baroque gold, paintings and murals all around the walls. An amazing building. I got my best ever EVP in this building, ever. Cool. Anywhere in the world. Over the last 25 years, there was an EVP where I saw a ghost standing in the green room under the stage where the mirrors and the light bulbs were, where the actors put their makeup on and get dressed. I was down there investigating. I saw a gentleman appear in the doorway. I turned on the ghost box and asked him for his name. He said, Peter, Peter. I turned the ghost box off. We've played this on the show. Yes. In the background, you hear him whisper, Peter, Peter. Actually in the room, not via the equipment, standing there. I turned the ghost box on again, asking his name for clarification. He said, Peter, Peter, again. A week later, I went to the Historical Society, found out that one of the first pioneers to settle in Tamar County and in the town of Toledo was called Peter Peters. Sends the hairs on the back of your neck Eesh. up. If you don't believe in the paranormal and an afterlife, I need you to write to me to explain how that all takes place. 
character. Right? Absolutely remarkable. Mm-hmm. But we had a fun time there as well. We I want to give them a good shout out. That's the Wheating Theatre, another non-profit organisation in Toledo, Iowa. They show films there now at the weekend. Mm-hmm. They have plays and do an amazing cool. job. Anything stick in your mind from that, Miss Morris? Just that it was a fabulous time and a wonderful turnout. And you sold a lot of books and people were captivated. It was fun seeing you on the stage in front of a... I'm having my clothes on for a change. <laughs> that is true. Not and twerking. <laughs> not twerking. Well, you know I like to come onto Thunderstruck by ACDC. Yes. It yeah. was very surreal, though, to see our MQTA banner about 20 feet tall. Yes, my PowerPoint presentation looks mm-hmm. very small on my nice. notebook. Oh. <laughs> the moment you have the team logo and MQTA and it's on a cinema screen, that is quite impressive. It is. It was fun. Heather Morris's mouth has never looked so big. Wow. Remarkable. Now, we have some exciting news for MQTA listeners. This show is a labour of love for the whole team. And we have a blast doing this crazy show every Friday night. In all kinds of weather, the Midwest wants to throw upon us. And we've done a show now practically every week for four years. Yeah, yeah. I think we've missed two weeks in four years. Something like that. Because yeah. my legs fell off one week and I think, <laughs> you know, you had a sore ear another week and we had to rub it with olive oil. Something strange <laughs> and bizarre. And we do it for free. This yeah. show's absolutely free. Mm-hmm. Not a cent do we ask of anybody. No. And we don't get paid. We do it for the love of doing the show as well now we want to keep it free to all of our listeners it will always be free yes i'm never going to charge for what we do but we now have a website on patreon.com a site where you are welcome to give donations we have fees for keeping our soundcloud archive up and running we have studio costs and even the reams of paper and printer ink this show seems to devour in vast amounts (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm not sure what the guy who collects the garbage is thinking we're doing in here throwing away reams of wallpaper no doubt but if you wish to contribute a donation visit patreon.com that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com patreon.com search for mqta Radio, you can donate per episode and have options for early access to the show, members-only episodes, video blogs, even advertising opportunities. And if you have any ideas, you can also give us those. We'd be interested if you let us know what you think you want, and we can provide those things as long as they're clean as well. That's patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and you can search for MQ. TA Radio, again, our show is free and will always be free, but we would appreciate any donations you wish to contribute. Now we have a quiz show, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. A spooky video claims to show the shocking moment a ghost attacks a teen as he reads in the house. That will teach him to read. What was he thinking? Yeah, that on. crazy reading was bound to conjure up the darkest forces, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. The chilling clip posted on the YouTube site Scary Video opens with the boy strolling around engrossed in a book. Probably mysterious Midwest, I would think. Oh, yes. <laughs> As he walks past the door, it eerily opens on its own behind him. Then a spooky shadow figure is seemingly walking by the teen and across the room. Michelle Corrie is doing creepy mime as we speak. Within a second, it seems like the youth in the video is pulled off his feet and dragged across the floor. 
The young lad seems terrified as he frantically waves his hands in the air and his bra comes off. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I made that up. I have nothing to back that up. Michelle's face was a picture there. However, the bizarre black and white video has split opinions, with some claiming it's a fake. Kay Halliday wrote on YouTube, it's a hoax, a setup, because it's the same guy who was in the next video. A guy walking in a mall attack. He does look like he should be supporting Depeche Mode and watching them on their next tour. That is true. Mm. Do you think this is a sense of be careful what you wish for? If he goes around constantly making fake paranormal and ghost videos or videos of conjured up fake demonic entities attacking Mm -hmm. him using different you know apps and so forth sure do you think there's a sense that he would actually then conjure them up do you see what i mean almost like a thought form a tulpa in tibetan culture if enough people think it it suddenly arrives is he putting the intention out there that he will get something attached to him if he's making videos of fake things attached to him do you see what i mean is he manifesting them yes and then they're following him around. I'd be very careful if I was him. I think those things could be manifested by him pretending he has them with him. Ick. Putting the intention out there that it could happen. Decide for yourself and visit our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. I shall give myself two points for being informative and spookily interesting. Miss Morris, what have you got for us in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings? Now, I don't remember if we did a story about this or not. But adult twins who died after they fell from England's famous White Cliffs of Dover on New Year's Day were carrying their parents' ashes, investigators revealed on Tuesday. Oh, wow. So they got spread in the sea as well, I'm guessing. Uh, Yeah. Muriel and Bernard Burgess, 59, had been struggling to come to terms with the deaths of their parents, especially the passing of their mother in 2014. The siblings fell more than 200 feet in an area known as Langdon Cliffs and were found by rescue teams who were initially searching for a missing Gulf War veteran who was 45-year-old Scott Enan. His body was recovered as well. Well, it was a rough day for everybody, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, the, the twins were wearing backpacks, each containing the ashes of one of their parents. Believe it or not, I think this is incredible. Um, Detective Sergeant Stuart Ward said there was no clear indication of whether the Burgesses had gone to scatter their parents' ashes or if they were just taking a dive off the cliff. So a suicide pact, but with your parents literally packed behind you. Exactly. (sighs) Following an investigation, it was discovered that the Burgesses kept to themselves and lived together in a static caravan. So is that like a camper? Suicide pact. Yes. Okay. Uh, They were both single, with no children, unemployed and financially unstable, with months of overdue rent owed to their caravan park manager. To the sum of $2.80. Wow. The twins had sought medical help for their low mood since their mother's death last September, and senior coroner Patricia Harding told The Guardian, Still, it was unclear how they died, Harding said. The evidence doesn't disclose to the required standard of proof whether it was the intention by them to take their own lives or if it was indeed simply a tragic accident. Hmm. 
There'll be ashes over the white cliffs of oh, Dover. I know it's sad, isn't it? Is it? Sad. it is sad, yes. There seems to be a lot of heartache. There are signs up, though. I mean, those cliffs are very, very high. You can see they them are. from France. Yeah, they're you crazy. Know, they're def- it's white limestone, so you can yeah. see them bright white. It's beautiful. It's a, it's a landmark. It's a feature of the British coast. It's gorgeous. And... They have signs up. They do say, because the wind can get hold of you. Oh, really? Absolutely. Yeah, that high up. There's no trees or anything to break the wind. And it's coming off the sea. If you've got an inshore wind, you know, you could easily be blowing around up there. So it's uh, they do have some tragedies where people think they can get closer and then the wind gets hold of them. Or the cliff face just breaks away. And it crumbles underneath you. Wow. Britain's getting smaller. <laughs> oh, no. It is. In about 50 years' time, we'll all be standing in Birmingham looking oh, at the cliffs God. around us, wondering where we're going. I know. She's just making me even more depressed. There's nothing wrong with Birmingham, especially if you live in Dudley. You know? God. Spook hunters claim to have caught on camera a ghostly friar who haunts a 17th century pub. It takes a long time to get served, I know. <laughs> wow. Legend has it the Merry Monk in Bishop Auckland, County Durham, has played host to the ghoul for generations. And now experts insist they finally pictured him in the boozer's cellar. Elaine Kelly from Spectre Detectors, who led the investigation, said, Almost as soon as we got there, a wooden cross was thrown from the mantelpiece across the room. If that was fate, would that be crucifixion? Oh, come fiction. on. I love this show. I love this show. Mm. We went into the cellar and there was also a lot of hot and cold spots. It's highly unusual to have hot spots in a stone room like that. I also felt a burning sensation on my face. One photo taken during the evening shows what they insist is the friar's face staring out into the darkness. Elaine added, according to the legend, a monk who roamed there was flogged and burned at the stake. I think that's why I got that sensation. Oh. 17th century pub. Okay. Yeah. Bit of a historian sat here. Mm -hmm. We weren't burning monks in the 17th century. That was previous, right? Two of the most famous religious clergymen to be burned it was a famous incident was latimer and ridley and they were burned in 1555 during the marian persecutions and then during the reformation we also burned a lot of monks and that was 1530 i don't believe off the top of my head we were burning any monks in the 17th century that's when we burned the witches well we hung the witches (laughs) we didn't right true well in this country they were hung the last witch to be hung in this country was 1693, and it was the last witch of Did the Salem. Know, do you know it was trials. a Cory? Was it really? Mm-hmm. She. There must be some sort of relationship there, I'm guessing. The first woman hanged as a witch was Martha Cory, C-O-R-E-Y, just like me. And her husband Giles was pressed to death, and he was the last one to go. Wow. There you go. A little bit of history there and a bit of a family connection. While we're on the subject, there was a very famous incident with a guy called Johnny Lee. And I was always told by my grandparents that we were related. And he was the man they couldn't hang. Apparently, they pulled the lever and the trap door didn't open because it had bowed. So they did the whole thing again, pulled the lever again, and he still didn't go down. They gave him a pardon in the end. Johnny Lee, the man they couldn't hang. There we go. Just shows you, doesn't it, that in our history of a lot of recidivists and criminals and people that wanted to be executed. Isaac, good girl. 
Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> he made great art and wallpaper. <laughs> Some of your wallpaper was just second to none. I've never seen leaves, roses and small peacocks repeated in a tessellatory fashion that well. So hats off to your ancestors is what I would say. People who stayed in the pub claim to have heard Gregorian chanting. Do you know Gregorian chanting? I love it. I like it too. I like to have my cornflakes in the morning. It is believed that the local monks brewed their alcohol in the cellar, Hmm. then used the tunnel to transport it to the castle, away from the public's gaze. As well as showing the monk, the ghost hunters also managed to capture the image of a dog. Elaine, who carried out the investigation last weekend, claimed that the ghost hunters could also hear the sounds of barking and howling coming from the cellar. Demonic sounds sound like that as well, I might add. The 42-year-old added it was one of the most active nights I've ever done. We all had various personal experiences, including temperature fluctuations, feelings. We heard tap responses and unusual drafts. Johnny Monk... Or Johnny Bunk. You decide if you go to our Facebook site more questions than answers. With Adrian Lee, I shall give myself four points for cracking the joke, crucifixion. Wow. Michelle, which Corrie, what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings? Creepy footage shows doors banging in a haunted morgue where dead bodies are examined. The footage, which has been terrifying the internet witless said to have been shot in a former morgue in Brazil. The clip is filmed from the point of view of what appears to be a security guard who is clutching both a flashlight and his camera phone. He is shown following another man as they both walk down what looks like a badly lit corridor. Meanwhile, a sinister banging noise can be heard. As they continue on slowly, the viewer cannot be sure what is happening, mainly because the light ahead is defective and flickering. But as the men walk further toward it, it becomes apparent that a red door is slamming open and shut. Yet terrifyingly, there seems to be no one about. If a door was to slam in the studio now, we'd all jump. True. I was almost going to do it just to see what your reactions were. <laughs> Don't care. Thought I'd share that. <laughs> You're upset, are you? (laughs) I'm more afraid of the living than I am of the dead. Every time I've ever jumped on a paranormal investigation, it's because some idiot has grabbed me in the dark or coughed in my ear. Or done something, or goosed me from behind (laughs) in the ballroom with Mm -hmm. the lead piping with Mm -hmm. Colonel Mustard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then as they get about 10 feet, the door stops opening and closing. It becomes clear that the door belongs to a cabinet. The exact location, the time, or its authenticity has not yet been established. Great stories. Again, if you wish to see the video that accompanies that story, you can visit our Facebook site. More questions than answers. With Adrian Lee, I'm going to squeeze in one more very quickly. People who claim to be totally fearless have been left screaming and cowering in their seats during scare tests for Darren Brown's revamped ghost train ride. Oh, nice. Do you remember we had this story last year and it was a concept? They actually now have the tests for this ride. The human guinea pigs, including martial arts experts, boxers and former prison guards, fell out of their chairs and even flung the virtual reality headset across the room as they were subjected to the ride. One terrified participant saw their heart rate treble, reaching 103 beats per minute. 
while watching the spine-tiggling show while another flung their water bottle in the air, <laughs> spelling liquid all over their trousers. Or at least that's what they said. <laughs> Convenient. What's this? Oh, no. Um, I've been peeling oranges again. Others were emitting high-pitched squeals as they watched a simulated train crash and demonic attacks as part of the ride. Rated for people 13 years and older. 13. Matt nice. Sprite, an ex-prison officer, was just one of the participants and said, I'm used to dealing with terrifying situations, so I was never expecting the VR footage to scare me that much. When I took off that headset, I was physically shaking. Emma Heritage commented, as a bungee jumper, I face fear on a regular basis, for this was a new level in fear. So, so real and absolutely terrifying the vr is flawlessly real you really believe there is a demon in the room with you this is not a ride for the faint hearted we move into the round that is ufos and cryptozoology it's green men and hairy beasties i'm on four michelle scored two and heather morris is remarkably sprinting into a lead with a hefty six but there is all to play for and things can still be taken away a baffled dad has joked Bigfoot could be on the loose in Manchester after he spotted a huge footprint with giant claws while out walking his dog. Bunk, saw the picture. She... <laughs> Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the round? Didn't even... First sentence. Didn't even get me sentence out. Jim Salverson took a picture of the enormous impression in the mud, which appears to be a human print with four claws at the tip. Mm -hmm. What are you saying is this... Is it a slipper? Do you know those slippers you can buy that have like yeah, all right. yeah. on? Is it like someone's bought some boots or you can get a hold of some sort of could have, who knows, shoe but it's, with claws it's on terrible. He says he was strolling through Kenworthy Woods with his collie dog Ruby when he saw the print. He's a radio DJ. His name's Jim. He's 37. He's never seen anything like it before. And obviously it's very elusive, the Manchester Bigfoot. Yes, yes. and he only has one print. One foot. <laughs> one foot. And one it only foot. comes down once. Typical of Manchester that everyone else has a big foot. It is a big one foot, though. It is. Really it is. Not a normal one. Not a normal one. <laughs> He's hopping everywhere. We've got a monopedial one foot on the loose. Mm -hmm. Someone get a net. I have size 10 feet, and with my walking boots on, the footprint was still bigger than my foot. It's clearly a bare foot. Footprint. When I say a bare footprint, like naked, not like bare. <laughs> Which is weird in itself, with what appears to be claws. Someone has got there that hasn't cut their toenails for a couple of years. Mm. My granddad had toenails you could have climbed a tree with. We had to use an angle <laughs> grinder. Oh, gross. If he went walking through, if my granddad hopping a one through it through the Manchester mud. <laughs> Could have made that footprint. Could have made one footprint. Could have made one mm. footprint. The wood is popular with dog walkers and cyclists and features on the Trans Pennine Trowel. If it is a big foot, everyone in Chalton is pretty friendly. I'd take him out for a pint of beer. Get him drunk and then video him. Put it on ShoeTube. ShoeTube. Nice. <sighs> shave him. Get him drunk. Shave him. Video it. Show there him up. Go. Put him on YouTube. Shave yeah. a big foot. Mm. Let's start a week of campaigning. I think I've seen some of those shaved big feet. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I've seen some do a pretty half-assed job, too. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, you're welcome to have a look at the giant <laughs> monopedial one foot of Manchester. Mm, that's right. <laughs> if you visit our Facebook site, more questions than answers. Miss Morris, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? In what could be the coolest attempt to force familiar bonding ever conceived... Rob Lowe is going to start traveling around the country with his two sons as they try to solve mysteries. And just in case that's not exciting enough, the whole adventure is being filmed for TV. The series will be called The Lowe Files. Oh, You're not wow. excited? I, I like excited? Rob Lowe. I hope it's good. They've got the wrong name. Why? I'd have called it Hunting High and Low. Nice. Oh. Huh? They might take that. They've got the wrong name. You should have copyrighted that. Hunting high and low. You're toast now. Here's how it's going to go. According to a press release, Lowe has always been curious about infamous unsolved mysteries. And though that phrase could mean a lot of different things, in this case, it specifically means supernatural stuff like Bigfoot, UFOs, and other creepy and bizarre stories. I was under the impression they weren't making any more paranormal shows and that no one would touch them and no you network would be are making them. incorrect. Apparently. You're incorrect. The press release also says that the Lowe's will visit an alien base located 2,000 feet underwater. I would not volunteer for that one. That's just ick I don't me. think we can go 2,000 feet underwater. We need some sort of submergible. I, I don't think that's even possible unless you've got some sort Well, you're sort not going to scuba dive it for sure. And I was wondering what he was doing. <laughs> I went out paddling, and before I knew it, I discovered I my an aquatic UFO civilization underwater we hadn't previously been aware of. I even saw a peanut butter fish. Nice. Uh, they'll work with a renowned shaman at Preston Castle. They'll explore an abandoned boys' reformatory in hopes of talking to ghosts. And they'll train with a top-secret government operative in methods of remote viewing. Most of all, though... They'll create lasting memories that are probably way cooler than anything you've ever done with your dad, who, it's worth pointing out, is almost definitely not TV's Rob Lowe. Nice. Perfect. I shall give you a resplendent double integer, and you now have two, and you've moved up to eight. I'll admit it. Might watch it. You think you'll watch it? I'll try it. Mm -hmm. I'll give it a go. I don't watch that much paranormal television. I don't either. Most of it's no, bunk. Most it's of it's awful. made up. That's right. I don't like the methods. They give ghost hunters a really bad name. They do. Yeah. Provoking, mm-hmm. getting the history wrong, or just using oral history and actually checking facts. Yeah, that's I don't right. want to come across as bitter, but I just it, it just annoys me. I get high blood pressure thinking, oh, no wonder you're getting a high reading. You've left an EM pump on. Right. No wonder you're seeing footsteps across the carpet Two minutes ago, you walked across and they're still there on the thermal imaging camera. Oh, look, a flashlight has come on because you've put it on a cold floor and it's contracted. There's just a lot there that I think, what are they doing? Right. It seems very bizarre. It's almost an insult to your intelligence to a degree. Am I I sounding like a bitter old man? Yes. Have minus two. You're back on (laughs) six. It's been, you know, you wait all year for a British Bigfoot story. And then two come along at once. Of course. Isn't it always the way? This is the other foot, right? Oh. (laughs) He was straddling. We'll get to that. It's interesting. It was was one of those races. No, that wouldn't work. (laughs) (laughs) There's one foot. Did it say the left or the right foot? What did we get in Manchester? Was it a left or a right foot? 
Um, didn't say. We'll have to go back and look at the Mm. photos. A shocked mum who was walking her dogs in a forest claimed to be haunted by a fatal plane crash snapped a photo of a creature her pets spotted, which some are claiming is a Bigfoot. Maxine Caulfield was on the walk in County Antrim, Northern Ireland. Sits straddling between Manchester and Northern Ireland. A Bigfoot straddling the Irish Sea. Nice. It's bad news for the Isle of Man. Because that's kind of in between. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, gotcha. Yeah. During the walk, she snapped a photo, which she then inspected when she got home. She believes the image appears to show an unknown creature. The area she was walking in has been said to be haunted since October 1942, when a US Air Force B-17 Flying Fortress bomber crashed into a mountain there, killing an entire crew of Bigfoot. Big feet. I made that up. The first Bigfoot astronaut. Sorry. <laughs> the, the, the footstep on the moon could have been bigger, is what I'm saying. We could have seen it. Also known as Jedi. Yes. As in like Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Double eye. <laughs> Double eye. <laughs> Maxine, 49, said, I haven't got a clue what this is. Yep. I was thinking about this show. <laughs> but when I saw it, it really freaked me out. It's not like anything I've ever seen before. Mm -hmm. The dogs are normally full of energy and never stop running. But when we went through that part of the forest, they just stopped still and stared in the same direction. It's a very dog-heavy show this week, isn't it? Yes, it is. For all of our canine friends. Mm -hmm. Ghost dogs. It was as if they knew something was there. I couldn't see anything at the time, but when I got home and showed people the pictures, it was spooky. And bunk. People Mm. were... (laughs) And bunk. (laughs) People were pointing out its face and saying it was a Bigfoot. I've always been pretty open-minded about the paranormal. I don't disbelieve. And this has really reinforced my view that there could be something out there if you wish to see the Irish Bigfoot straddling the Irish Sea with one foot in Manchester, (laughs) one foot in Northern Ireland. That's right. A bad week for the people in the middle. I thought you were going to say a bad wind in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) The Irish Sea is choppy, I can't deny it. That's going to be a danger to shipping. You're more than welcome to visit our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. We move into the round of the strange and the bizarre. It's the stories from around the world that are too good not to read out, but don't fit easily into any other category. NASA has snapped photos of Saturn's UFO moon, and people are saying it looks like Donald Trump. Oh, Oh, God. Tiny moon is called Pan and orbits in a hole within Saturn's famous rings. But soon afterwards, the moon was compared to ravioli, a UFO, and even Donald Trump. That's a wide spectrum right there, isn't it? Yeah. NASA wrote, these images (laughs) are the closest images ever taken of Pan and will help to characterize its shape and geology. But they also gave a few people on the internet the chance for a bit of a giggle. In a tweet, one man said it reminded him of Donald Trump. Another tweeter also waxed lyrical about the moon's unmistakable bulge, which is believed to have formed when particles from Saturn's rings gathered around the middle of the moon. Mm. The moon orbits in a hole in Saturn's rings called the NK Gap. It is named after Pan, the Greek satyr, the name of a mythical beast with the hind legs and who's the goat, but the face of a man, also famous for playing panpipes and eating garbage. Miss Morris, what have you got for me tonight in the round of S&B? 
Mm, I did this story for Pat on our team. Do you remember a story about a little goldfish? A little tiny little fish. Yes. Jaws. That had braces. He did. Which is very bizarre because fish don't have any teeth. And I believe his name was Hot Wing. Hot Wing. You are Hot Wing. (laughs) (laughs) This is before my time. Yes. Yes. This is all true. I know this sounds bizarre and surreal. (laughs) It is true. And like we've all been eating like chocolate. To a the tune of, of 22 pounds. <laughs> LSD chocolates. But ultimately, this is true. There was a fish called Hot Wings. He was a goldfish and he wore braces. That is true. Despite the fact that fish don't have teeth. Well, goldfish don't have teeth. I can top it. Please do. Life is now going swimmingly for a goldfish in San Antonio that just got its own underwater wheelchair. And I'm, that's going to sink it to the bottom. <laughs> Wouldn't like. Artificial flippers be better at this stage. The goldfish. Why don't they just call it dinner? (laughs) Why don't they just? You just want to flush it down the toilet, don't you, Michelle? Like you did with the squirrel. (laughs) That squirrel was asking for it. (laughs) He was a mean little bugger. He had a switchblade. He asked me for my money. And your nuts. Thing got let's. (laughs) He deserves everything he got. I was thinking I'm about six months squirrel free. Six nice. months squirrel free. Sounds like you joined some sort of AA. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Michelle Corey, and I've not touched a squirrel for two years. Yay. Can, I have, can I have my chip? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Heather. The goldfish. Do you have to wean yourself off a squirrel slowly? Do you have to like start with like a mouse? It's cold turkey's best. Chipmunk. Just pull off the band aid. Yep. Complete no squirrel no contact. Squirrel. Makes It'd me very happy. SA. Squirrel Anonymous. That's right. <laughs> Great. Good times. They should have t-shirts for that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure somewhere in the murky internet world, there is. someone's making one yeah. of these up as we speak. Awesome. The goldfish suffers from swim bladder disease, also known as flip over, a condition oh. that keeps it from holding itself upright. Bloop. Consequently, the fish was stuck on the bottom of its aquarium. That is, until... An aquarium shop employee known only as Derek figured out a solution. By frying up some chips. Oh, (laughs) no. Poor little fish. Derek wrapped tiny tubing around the goldfish and then added valves underneath it to prop it up like it was in a chair. Then like it, a Zeppelin. This is like a Zeppelin. Then, so, yes, then a the chunk. Hindenburg. <laughs> oh, no. Yep. Then a chunk of styrofoam was added on top to give him some lift because he needed some Stop lift. crying out loud. <laughs> the bottom weight is almost equal to the pull on top, so it works quite well for him. Science, ladies and gentlemen. Think of, uh, well, this is what he does. He actually thinks of goldfish as... The pugs of the fish world. Pugs have unique features due to the way they are bred, but it also causes them a lot of medical problems. Same with goldfish. That's true. I know that. If you put a pug in a tank of water, it does sink to the bottom. Oh, this is true. No, stop. No. The, de- the device worked to keep the fish buoyant and as a you way sure for... You sure you don't mean buoyant? No, it's buoyant. Okay, I'm just checking. Because the argument we had that day when I said mind the boy on the boat and you said it's a buoy. It is a buoy. It's a buoy. All right, so he was buoyant then, was he? No, he was buoyant. Of course he was. But individual by itself, it is buoy. Of course it is. Always funny. Thank you very much. Yeah, when an American corrects an Englishman's English, Mm -hmm. right? So did Google, so piss off. Yes, but Google's (laughs) American. It's American. What did you think you were going to get? 
Google's a computer. Of course it is. <laughs> you were doing so well on your nice six points, weren't you? Oh my God. You always manage to mess it up in the last few minutes, you don't you? You always muck it up. You're always ruining it for me. Ruin. With your dirty, grubby little carny fingers. You're in there touching all my stuff, reading my stories out, looking at all the chocolate quiz. <laughs> Carney fingers. <laughs> May have done. We were talking about this handicapped fish. Leave it alone. Yes. If you put lemonade in the tank. Adrian, what's I've wrong with it. you? God. Well, anyway, this nice little fish is now buoyant. Good for you. He can get around. Yes. With an artificial bladder. Oh, quit mocking the fish, Michelle. This is the reason we can't have a cam in this room. Oh, for crying. I shall give you points. You should. You are now on eight. Thank you. Nice. Nice and rounded. Michelle, you have the last story of the evening in the round of The Strange and the Bizarre. A pregnant mom was left sobbing tears of joy after spotting her dead grandmother's face in a baby scan photo. Again? Yep. Louise Corkill had paid for the early scan to detect the sex of her baby. Convinced she was having a girl, Louise, 30, was shocked when the midwives told her it was actually a little boy. But the shock turned to complete amazement when she looked at the printed-out image of her unborn baby. The mother of two spotted her grandmother, Mary Parkinson, who died in 2001, and instantly broke down in tears. Wow. Her husband found his grandfather in a proctology test. <laughs> Get in my belly! <laughs> wow. It's crowded in here. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. <laughs> she said, I felt sick and just started sobbing. I knew instantly it was her face. And I was just so shocked to see her again. My face in your belly. Wow. You get the best raspberries, though, on belly fat, That's don't you? That's the best pickup line oh, ever. Oh, yeah. It was like she was letting me know that she is here and looking after the baby. I guess. Louise from Halewood already has an 11-year-old daughter and a 6-year-old son and said she was very close to her grandma. She added, I used to see her every day, and we were devastated when she died, as she was only 66. I have that picture of her in a pendant that I used to wear, but the chain snapped on it recently. There's just no denying it is her, and I am still flabbergasted by it. It's reassuring as well, though my instant reaction was that she is looking after the baby. We now enter the round that is called Not For Your Mother. Well done you. Give yourself a pat on the back for being tech savvy and finding us somewhere in our archives. This also means that you can give us a lovely smiley little love heart. If you're listening on SoundCloud, why not write us a review of the show as well? We'd be very grateful. Usher, your mother out of the room. If there's any small minors running around, they also need to be removed. Miss Morris, what have you got for us first in the round of NFM? A beefy bloke got savagely rejected by a topless girl during an extremely X-rated date, and it was all broadcast live. Savagely rejected. Savage. By a topless girl. Topless. Yeah, all of that fun stuff. 
Naked dating is the new Tinder when it comes to relationship trends, it appears. I think you need to try that, Michelle. <laughs> that is well, quite the look. down the bar when we finish tonight and see how that works out for you with the truckers down I've there. tried it. Oh. <laughs> oh. No. She has got her knockers. I know she's tried it. I've tried. <sighs> God loves a trier. Last week, a couple stripped off and started kissing during a live dating show on Aussie radio station KIIS. FM. It's no good having a naked dating show on the on radio. radio. It completely I, defeats the object. Tanya, fact, Tanya, explain this. <laughs> we're all sat here now, stark naked. Yes, we are. It's blowing in the breeze. Adrian, put your legs down. <laughs> oh, no. I think I've sat in some chewing gum. Hang on. My the, cooter and my tutor. <laughs> the answer, my friend. And this is why in the wind. we can't do this <laughs> on air. Why? <laughs> uh, now, the Naked Dating Show is back, but it seems things have turned a bit sour. Instead of getting naked and getting it on during the Kyle and Jackie O show, Bonnie and Simon decided to rip each other to shreds. The pair were told by hosts Kyle Sandilands and Jackie O. Henderson to take off their robes and show off their bodies. But Bonnie had already spoken out about her disappointment at the length of Simon's hair. Damn you and your hair, Simon. I didn't think you were going to say hair. <laughs> if that's all she's got, I can go and get a haircut. I can't make my willy any bigger. That's a result, right? Well, hold on. It gets better. She said she was going to get the boobies out if I put a wig on. So Macho Simon says before admitting that he slept with another woman the night before his radio appearance. Classy. Ooh, he is classy. We are in Australia, so do bear that in mind. Oh, sorry, Tanya. Uh, I had one last night, he casually announced, meaning a woman. After getting his wig on in hope of seeing some boobies, Simon derobes before Bonnie does the same. Notice before Bonnie does the same. It all looks to be going well for the pair when they compliment each other's hot bodies. Nice wrinkles. In time, until it's time for Simon to remove his boxer shorts. Down, straight out of the ankles. Mm, mm. There, what do you think there, Barney? Jackie says to the... <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Struth, there's a bloke down here with no strides on. McKecks. Mm. <laughs> Did you just say McKecks? Struth, comma... <laughs> That's a monkey, isn't what? it? No, kicks. I read it a in train spotting. No, I'm telling you a macaque is a monkey. I know that. What do you think of macaque? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of Bonnie? <laughs> of macaque. <laughs> he managed to smuggle a monkey into his pants. It's better than a budgie. <laughs> <sighs> I couldn't fit a baboon. Oh, boy. Uh, so after he said that, she looked and she said, do I be honest? Oh, no. Oh. She said, you must be a grower and not a shower. Wow. Oops. That was a little bit of an ouch. So the harsh statement doesn't go unnoticed by the dejected Simon who hits back when Bonnie whips her bra off saying, Your mother never complained. I've, oh. seen, I've seen bigger. 
I've seen big. That was the best he could do. Yeah, is I've come seen on, bigger, man. really. And when he finally rejected by Bonnie for a second date, he snorts, no, it's all right. I was going to do the same anyway. And so... Was it the, Dukes of Hazard? The one, Making their way the only way to the The one last night was better. Just a little bit better. Mmm, better. Mmm, mm, so better. Mmm, better. Mm, oh, so when are we going to do naked dating on the radio? We're not. Okay. Uh, they'd have to pay us a lot of money. And where am I going to get a macaque from at this time of the night? Yeah, that's Como what I... Park Zoo will be shut. I know that. <laughs> oh, macaque. <laughs> so wrong. Yet so right. Oh, no. Oh, American yeah. comedian Nicole Byer tweeted her disgust at the airline. After finding a piece of poo in her airline blanket. Oh, God, gross. Are you sure it wasn't a baby Ruth? Well, we know poo sticks. <laughs> poo sticks to blankets like a magnet, right? Poo uh, not, no, I don't know that. Blankets. Yeah. And I don't know that. Why would I know Trust that? Trust me, poo sticks to blankets like glue, like Velcro. It's like Velcro. Like a dingleberry? Poo. Yeah. Have Crow. you never heard the saying, sticks like poo to a blanket? Have you never heard that? <laughs> what? Are you made that <laughs> up? <laughs> Look it up on my. The word poo is transposable. What's in your tea? Tea. <laughs> Bizarrely. <laughs> Who knew? US comedian Nicole Byer got a little bit more than she expected last week when she boarded her Delta Airlines flight. I thought you were going to say a little bit more than she bit off a little bit more <laughs> than, than she could chew. She, she just pinched off one. <laughs> Once on board, the 30-year-old must have been feeling a bit chilly, so opened up her blanket, only to find an unwelcome surprise. I thought they seal those in plastic. Ta-da! I think they used to. Oh. I think they just keep reuse. I would never use a plain blanket anymore. Nicole found literally a piece of poop. Folded up in her blanket. You know what this means now, don't you? Uh, yep. No. It's the return of the Phantom Teller. Oh, God. She goes on to say, Dear at Delta, the grossest thing happened on my flight. I opened my blanket and there was literally a piece of poo. <laughs> Are How you sure does it this happen? Hold on, hold on. Nicole tweeted to her 215,000 followers. Hold on a second. I know she said, how does this happen? Are you sure it wasn't a chocolate-covered raisin? Because it is that week. It yes. is. It's not the week, it's the day. Mm. Today is yeah. chocolate-covered raisin. It's a big raisin. It's a very big raisin. Is it? Was it's almost it? a coconut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, someone's trying to dehydrate a melon. <laughs> I would have taken a better picture of the crusty poo, <coughs> but it was crusty poo, and I don't care to get too close again. I mean, what a gross customer to do a poo in a blanket. <laughs> but truly, how did an employee just fold it up and put it back in the bag? There, answering all your questions. Oh. I guess I'll be cold on all my flights because I never want to use a blanket again. Oh. Delta responded to Nicole via Twitter with, appreciate you calling it to our attention. Please reach out to the FA on board for assistance. Nicole replied, are you kidding? Of course I told the flight attendant. I'm emotionally scarred by all of this. I'm sure. There was a crap in my blanket. 
when approached for a comment, Delta Airlines said, we have apologised to the customer for her experience and we are working with vendors to ensure that in the future no foreign items are discovered in our onboard pre-packaged items. Foreign items. Pre-packaged. I wouldn't go in there if I was you for a while, love. Uh, a, a large foreign item. In fact, I'm still dilated. Oh, <laughs> Nicole revealed after speaking to oh. Delta, they offered her a refund on her ticket. She also said they would investigate further internally. Well, I'm oh, going to crap internally. in my blanket so I can get a free flight. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring one with me. I was gonna aim lower and I'm try and get one. I'm gonna try and get a free McDonald's milkshake. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. no, you didn't. Uh, uh. Chocolate float. No, oh, Adrian. Nicole added the flight attendant confirmed there was indeed a poo in the blanket. How do you confirm? Yes, that looks like a poo, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Smell it. That's Taste still- it. <laughs> Lucky I didn't tread in it. (laughs) (laughs) Taste the rainbow. So, all the colours of the rectum. So, pull up your covers, turn off your lights and hold on tight. (laughs) Check for poo. Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the round of not for your mother? A mum reveals how her vagina grew teeth after surgery to improve her sex life. Grew teeth. Went horribly wrong. She need braces. Horribly wrong. You can have those implanted? The worst. I mean, first of all, you need to chew your dinner properly and keep your mouth shut. Something's gone terribly wrong, isn't it, when you've got teeth growing out of there. My mother, when I was a little boy, told me a story to keep me away from women. She said to me, Adrian, women have got teeth down there. If you put anything down there you shouldn't, you're going to get bitten. It's going to be bitten off. Subsequently, this scarred me for life. (laughs) First serious girlfriend I had, you know, I always fought against the idea of being physical, thinking at any given moment it was going to get a bit nippy. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. And she said to me, you need to relax. And I said, no, you've got teeth down there. And she says, no, we don't. I don't know where you get that from. And I said, my mother told me that. And then she ended up showing me. And she said, look, there's no teeth. And I said, I'm not surprised with those gums. Oh, God, gross, Adrian. <laughs> Swung for the fences. <laughs> I love this show. Oh I love this show. Oh, no. I love this show. Teresa Bartman suffered from stress incontinence after giving birth, meaning she lacked confidence in the bedroom. Dentist or gynecologist? (laughs) (laughs) True, right? The 50-year-old was so ashamed that she'd sworn off sex for seven years. Finally, in 2007, she was referred for an operation to lift her prolapsed bladder using a plastic mesh sling called a transvaginal tape to stop her leaking. Very detailed. Thank you for that. I now feel as if I leave the show with more than I arrive with. Yes. The surgery worked and sex was better than ever. Until two years later. Oh, that's disgusting. When she almost sliced off the end of her partner's penis. That's disgusting. Piranha. Teresa from Brighton said it was like it had grown teeth. Oh, my. How would she know? 
His willy was bright red and And, and spouting blood. Teeth marks in it. (laughs) And there was a big red stain spreading from between us on the sheets. Keep the tip. After that, he was scared of my lady garden and approached it as if it were a Venus flytrap. Nice. Well, he'd dangle a fly in front of it and see what would happen next. Feed me, Seymour! (laughs) On Star Trek... They call the doctor Bones. So what would the dentist be called? Teeth. So what, who's, the, who's the gynecologist? What's the gynecologist being called on Star Trek? They must have one on board. I'm just saying. Why is this never discussed? There's always things Cooter. behind the scenes. I think he's I called I think that's the Dukes of Hazard because that oh, name is yeah. So what happens then? Does she have her teeth filed down or pulled? Or what's she got going well. on there? Braces? Teresa said the operation, which was supposed to boost her sex life, left her vagina with teeth that bit her lover's manhood. She was sure her fella's gory injury had been caused by the mesh, and she could feel it inside her. But every time she saw her doctor, she was assured that it was working just fine. Teresa and her partner avoided sex because they were too scared to try again. What's actually happened is he's doing the business, practicing the physical arts, and he's going up against some chicken wire, isn't he? That's what's taking place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Teresa went on a diet and started exercising, transforming her physique and dropping from a size 20 to a size 14. Good for her. And over the next few years, she had her gallbladder removed and saw 25 different doctors. But she was still concerned that her problems stemmed from the mesh. But it wasn't until 2015 when her vagina began leaking green pus. Oh, too much information. Feed me, Seymour. And emitting a foul smell that she was finally properly examined. And a consultant told her that the mesh needed to be removed immediately. It had eroded through her belly button side of her vaginal wall, causing her to grow an abscess, which had become infected and turned septic. Are we going out for dinner after this? Yeah, I was thinking about having a Mexican. Mm. Pico de Gilo. Pico de Gilo? Yes. (laughs) Gilo. It's the color of the peacock. Mm, Lovely. (laughs) She was finally told the mesh had been fitted too low, and which is why she had injured her partner's penis and suffered such awful complications. So You need to cheer us up now. You okay. need to bring us back into the world of mirth and merriment. Are you ready? Yep. I'm poised. Sergi Santos is a man with a mission. He wants to make sure robotic sex dolls that enjoy the sex as much as the humans, or at least... Act like they do. Well, you want to be uh, having some enthusiasm thrown your way, don't you? Definitely. Well, yeah. I mean, you might as well be making up to a washing machine at that point. This it needs to be is... reciprocated. Yeah, well, this gets into it. To so... be fair, washing machines can't say no. Oh, the Barcelona-based engineer just has created a sex doll named Samantha. Samantha. Who is equipped with the latest advancements in artificial intelligence. Samantha responds when the user touches her hands and hips by saying positive statements like, I love this, and nice and gentle. That's Spanish, is it? In a sing-song voice, or I should go, nice and gentle. That's almost... uh, (laughs) 
I love this. Which part of Spain are you I in? I love this. Nice and gentle. You lie down now. You lie down now. <laughs> what is that? You talk to Russian? Yes. <laughs> I was practicing <laughs> mioli goals. <laughs> Basically, she likes to be touched. She has different modes of interaction. So it's basically you're playing a video game with a sex doll. It's kind of funny. Uh, she has different modes of interaction. She has romantic. She has family. I don't know what that family? includes. Like, do the dishes. And if you press the right <laughs> two button whilst jiggling the joystick. <laughs> and she has a sexy time. Um, Santos. She also. got crazy. <laughs> Santos. She got crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. My wife. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Faulty, I tell your wife you climb ladder to see woman through window and she got Crazy! <laughs> I bet you were Borat. That's not oh Borat. God. It's Manuel. I it's know. Manuel. It's a sexy time. It's a nice. I like. <laughs> Santos also said she likes to be kissed while putting his finger in her mouth. In a paella. Mm. In a matter that's mm. not awkward at all. Not at all. They not can't go all. back to that restaurant. Yeah, mm. Santos said it doesn't take much for Samantha to respond to romantic overtures. I thought they said they wanted it realistic. <laughs> oh, God. Normally, she likes to be kissed always. And also, she responds to basically the G-spot and also the breasts. She also responds to What if hands, you haven't got a G-spot in your breast? But if it can't be found, then maybe yeah. Fred. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> However, she's not a sure thing. Just she's so you know. not really. Oh, it is a game. It's I've a bit a, of a I've game. Got a headache. <laughs> I train up a monkey to go with it, and then you know, warm her up. It's a fluffer. <laughs> Bringing a monkey to fluff her up. <laughs> I want you now. You just don't want to put in the work or the no, time. No. <laughs> I've only got 15 minutes before the second half starts. <laughs> oh, Santos said she is programmed to want romance first, then get comfortable before getting sexual. She's got a list of things she wants, There's she? a tick list. There yeah, is a tick great. list. The objective, the final objective of the sexual mode is to give her an orgasm. So not only that, you have to get her to the finish line. Before the batteries run out. That's right. Santos is now selling Samantha. For a well, used one, yeah. No, I was gonna great. say that one. No, you can <laughs> Is this have monkey a, fur. You can give a, another one. I found a peanut. Wow, a banana. Oh no, <laughs> no. That bright sunshine. That's exotic just called fruit. Sam. Oh, that's the Sam, Sam doll. Mm. Can you imagine yeah. taking her to see your parents? This is Samantha. She doesn't say much, does she? Your dad's looking as if to say, "Well done, son." Thumbs up. Sat there at the dinner table. I lay down now. <laughs> Do you want more Yorkshire puddings? There's plenty more gravy. Got some peas as well back there if you need extra peas. Are you done now? Yeah, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> you can buy her for around $5,374. Perhaps we can put that up on the oh, uh, little Patreon go for fund you me. to. Yeah, go fund me. Yes. My testicles you. are swollen like a couple of duck's eggs. I need five grand. There and you go. And a monkey. Yeah, yeah, and a macaque. 
The doll expresses both affection and fear of rejection before getting aroused enough to ask for an Ed Sheeran song on Pandora. I don't even know who that is. He's he, like a ginger British guy who plays yeah. guitar. I wouldn't, yeah, don't bother. You know Sam, bother. Sam Smith? No. no. He's no, very ballady. Is it, is it bad? It's real bad, huh? It's pop culture. It's I, very I don't pop. think it's terrible. It's, it's not uh, my taste in music. Popular but, you beat know. combo. Yes, yeah. it's very inoffensive. My mother would love him. Mm. Oh, good. Uh, Santos's sex doll may be an advancement over other robots, but he admits some family members wish he'd focus his priorities on other pursuits. See, I told you there'd be some sort of interaction at the yeah. dinner table at Christmas. My aunt asked me if I could create a doll to cook. And I said, yes, it's just a question of price. So he's going to charge his poor auntie. Poor auntie. Not just cook, though. Cook and have sex. Bob's your auntie's robot. And how's your father? Yeah, perfect. Well, all good things come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores in last place with the K2 meter with a dead battery. It is Michelle who managed to score six tonight. I scored seven, but in resplendent. First place, winning the $33,000 IR cameras, Heather Morris, who finished on a remarkable eight for knowing more about chocolate we than are the anyone else nice. in the room. Do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal, strange, intriguing, bizarre and weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian Leo. You can follow my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. And remember, we now do an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show in a round called Not For Your Mother that we can't read out on air. If you go to our archives, soundcloud.com and search for MQTA Radio Everything will be there for you. My gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Jeton Drain and Michelle Corrie and all of the International Paranormal Society at intparanormal.net and all of the show's sponsors including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group and MUFON of Minnesota. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening and remember, be interested and interesting. Good night. Good night.